0: You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best selling author, MC, and two time Grammy considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, Buckle up, here comes your host, Johnny D.
1: -D -D. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to this week's Outstanding Life Podcast. Want to say a big hello to all my friends on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT, 103.1 FM. On the phone with me right now, we have Rayson Mason Dixon from Grand Junction, Michigan. Rayson Mason Dixon, what is going on, my friend? Yeah, buddy. Hey Johnny, so good to uh
2: be a part of this exciting podcast and did you say Dirt Road Radio? I love that. That's that sounds so cool. Uh but hey, let's just set the uh the table straight. You know, I, I'm living in Grand Junction, Michigan, but I'm from Harlan County, Kentucky.
1: So so let me ask you this. What how does a boy from Kentucky end up in Michigan?
2: Well, uh you see where I come from, uh, it was either coal mining or moonshining, and I didn't want to really uh, follow in the, the family footsteps. So I just uh, uh, launched out on my dream of being a race car driver, and I I, I loaded up, I left town, and I traveled around the Midwest, uh, uh, bouncing back and forth from track to track, trying to uh, make it. And uh, uh, that's where the money ran out. <laughs> you know, we had this uh, track just uh, right down the road, uh, Gingerman Raceway. They had this uh, uh 24 hours of lemons you know you know about the 24 hours of lemons no sir oh it, yeah see these guys are crazy they go all over and they have uh, all these races and stuff and and it's supposed to be entry level uh cheap racing. There ain't no such thing as cheap racing though you know that and uh anyway i didn't have no more money my car was destroyed and stuff and these fellers, i was helping out uh, uh one of them says why don't you stay above that uh, uh at rooster's place and stuff so that's where i've been ever since and uh, uh yeah we have good time up there so uh uh but yeah uh you know from the from the hills of kentucky and i love getting back there when i can but uh, uh michigan you know just you know it, it's, it's become a new home
1: mason i gotta ask you know when, when i think of mason dixon i think of the mason dixon line were you named after the mason dixon line no. See, see,
2: my daddy, he wanted to name me after my grandpappy. He was a Dickie Dixon, a 1949 dirt track champion at Lightning Valley Speedway. And uh, my mama, she was more of a traditionalist. See, she says, uh, no son of mine is going to be named Dickie Dixon because she's a traditionalist. She says, his real name would have to be Richard Dixon. That's too close to a corrupt politician that we ain't going there, right? So so uh, they ended up naming me after uh, uh, one of them mason jars in the family business there. <laughs>
1: (laughs) I love it. So let me ask you this. Mason, how did you become a comedian?
2: Well, you see, I... I, it, it wasn't even on my radar screen, you know, but my mamaw, she always says, Mason, you got the gift of gab, so ain't this just this, uh, something else? I, when I found out you could actually make money being a comedian, I was like, I was all over that, but like uh, a lot of time, I wasn't ready to give up the racing dream just yet, right, but I, I meet this feller, has a radio show, and uh, Rob Bird's uh, a moondog show, and he uh, he interviewed me, and there is this other feller there, Danny Donuts, and he's this producer dude, and he's Says, man you're funny you should do comedy and he told me you could get paid doing comedy and i'm like dang but i didn't know about that and then i find out like uh, uh johnny you being a motivational cowboy it's like like that's where the real money is so i wouldn't mind getting into motivational uh speaking there Like that that tony robbins he's an influence on me you know because i found this old cassette tape in a junk car once and it said something about matching and modeling and they say if you find a successful person and and uh you match and model that you'll become successful too that's why uh I always wear my Richard Petty glasses. You don't
1: see me without them. (laughs) Now I I met you at the PRI show, as well as I just saw you at the Daytona 500. So Daytona baby, yeah. I know what a weekend. Let me ask you this: You know, are you are you still racing these days?
2: Oh well. Uh, yeah, I I am. I sort of got away from it though once I run out of money and I was disgruntled with it. But I also had to make a lot of money, so I was working weekends and I just could have not, you know, get to the tracks or anything. So I just like kind of put that dream on the back shelf for a while. But then when the comedy thing ain't a, ain't it interesting? Like you got this dream in your heart ever since you're a little kid and stuff, and you put something on the back shelf, and the universe gonna come around and just uh, butt uh, kick you in into uh, action again. And it was through becoming a comedian that the door started opening up to be uh, a race car driver again. And uh, yeah, so it's like, I've been doing some racing, been doing some pit crewing, and it's, it's like right back into it. It's Just so interesting
1: the way the world turns. Well, for the audience that are listening right now, where do you do like your comedy?
2: Oh, well, you see, that's kind of a sore subject right there because um, uh, when I I met Danny Donuts and he's telling me he was uh, blowing smoke up my butt, I tell you what he says, he said, oh, you're hilarious, we're going to get you booked at festivals and we're going to get you into comedy clubs and we'll get you to MC events and all this stuff and then uh, I didn't get like one gig, it was the summer of 2020 and everybody canceled everything, right? (laughs) So, I was so mad at him and, uh, you know, giving me all these false streams and stuff but then uh uh he says all right how about we do this we gonna do this this live streaming thing it's like really popular with the musicians they they playing music and people are giving them tips and all this stuff and we come up with the race and mason dixon show and i was like johnny carson every single night on that are you are you old enough to remember johnny carson oh yeah yeah Okay, okay, because I might, you know, Jay Leno, Jimmy Kimmel, any of them fellas. Okay, so so yeah, I did this uh, late-night talk show out at Rooster's Place, and uh, we was live-streaming, and this is how we did it. We said, hey, this uh, lockdown stuff's going to take a while before comedy clubs and festivals get up and going again. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do this night after night and uh, go through the repetitions, right? And um, uh, so I did a show every single night, except, you know, except when I forgot I had a show or but I had a hot date, and you know, but still... <laughs> <laughs> about about twenty five shows a month or so. I was doing these live streams every night at ten o'clock Eastern, nine o'clock Central, and and people started showing up, and it, we had this whole whole community going. It was just it was just great. But I said, all right. I'm only going to do this for free uh, for 500 episodes. See, we did a racing thing there. We said, let's call each episode a lap. We'll do 500 laps, and by then, I'm even going to call it quits, or uh, I figured out how to make money at that time, or whatever. So, I've been doing the comedy thing on uh, the Facebook Live all the way from September of 2020 all the way up to April 23rd uh, last year, 2022, and um, and, uh, after that, I just launched into filming new episodes of a show I'm I'm going to be doing where I get to go around to all these racetracks and have all these different experiences. So I'm kind of like like yeah, I could still do comedy at the clubs and festivals and stuff, but I, I'm really focusing on this uh, TV show idea I'm doing.
1: I love that. And then you even gave away you were going to give away five hundred dollars, but you ended up giving. Out a thousand dollars from your show Is that correct? Wait, wait, wait. Hey
2: hey hey In case, case them uh, federal Governments listening and all that stuff I don't want Nobody getting in trouble I did not Give away money I did not have a raffle I did not have anything like that what I Did was I had a contest see I Wanted to have people keep showing up not Just watch me once and oh we've seen the Racing of Mason Dixon show no yeah I wanted People to show up time and time again <laughs> so what we Did is we had the Racing Mason Dixon 500 And what we did is every 20 laps i would uh show a secret word and then if somebody whoever had the most uh secret words at the end of lap 500 well i was going to show up at their house with 500 dollars spending my shirt now i'm the one who spent the money but we got to do whatever the winner did and i had no idea there was going to be a tie but luckily there was only a two-way tie and not anymore so yeah five hundred dollars <laughs> To one uh, that we blew on one fell or $500 on the other. It was good timing, but man, I, I, it's a little uncomfortable for me to spend that kind of money on somebody else.
1: That's incredible. That is sick. just so cool. Let me ask you this. Because you love comedy, you love racing, and they, and, and they go hand in hand, this is a question that I love to ask some of the drivers when I'm out there at the Chevy stage. Who's the goat of NASCAR to you? Who's the greatest of all time, to Mason Dixon.
2: Man, that's so interesting you asked that question, too, because any time I had somebody on my show as a guest who knew something about racing, I'd always ask that. And I was surprised. Like, number one, I don't know if you get this, but number one, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr., it was far and away, he got the most uh, most votes amongst my guests. But how about how about you? Is, is that what you, you'd say? Is that uh, who you... Who most people
1: say, or what? You know what? For me, yeah, I guess that most people would say Dale Sr. But for me, I would have to say, just because I've been around Richard Petty for so long and I've got to interview him so many times and really got to know him. I mean, Richard Petty's right up there, too. I mean, he's a seven time champ. I agree, but
2: but but look at this. It's like back then they was doing stuff so much different. I heard Richard say they, they say, "Hey Richard, how come your steering wheel so big?" Because he's driving like one of them semi truck steering wheels in his <laughs> Plymouth and and, uh, and stuff. And they said that's because we didn't have power steering, we needed some leverage. So. These guys, it, what was their communication between them and their pits? They don't have a, somebody in their ear saying, "He, you know, move up, move down." There's a crash in front of you, whatever. No, they, they had, had a signs. standing with a, a pit board every yeah. lap, holding up a pit board and stuff. So when you look at these old timers, I'd have to agree with you, Richard Petty, one of the best. But but then there's that Ned Jarrett, you know, he once uh, uh won a race by eleven or twelve laps or something like that. There's some serious racers back in the day, and uh, yeah, they, they and 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 wearing them open face helmets even Dale Sr. I see I think anybody after Dale Sr. that was like that's when you got the the full face helmets and you're all locked in your seat and them guys that were driving probably bench seats having to slide back and forth on their bench seats cuz they was driving stock
1: cars right having a cigarette while they're racing so <laughs> yeah, so then, yeah, let but... me ask you this there Mason you don't think that JJ Jimmy Johnson to, to, you know, deserves to be the greatest of all time.
2: I don't know, but you know what? I, I just heard that him and Richard now they they business partners. They they <laughs> they not seeing eye to eye on everything. I see, so that, that's gonna be really interesting. But but uh, uh, Legacy Motorcycle Club, yeah. Legacy MC, right? Um, so uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, and that that was during the era that I kind of uh, got disgruntled, and it, I mean it tore me up when Dale passed, and uh, I was like, I, I just like turned it off for a while. I, I took a break from NASCAR, and and you know. I I watch a couple races here and there but but yeah during Jimmy's uh, time you know I just I wasn't like really watching all that much but it it's good to be back uh, uh watching again but yeah I, I got interested like in the mid 80s with uh, uh Dale, Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd and uh, uh of course there was still Bobby Allison and Richard Petty racing and Wild Bill from Dawsonville came along and uh uh you know it's like man there were some good racers Kale Yarborough they're all
1: so good Mason Dixon, let me ask you this: If there was one thing, one thing that you would change about racing, what would that one thing be? Well, I'm going to
2: answer that question by asking you a question, Johnny. Oh, what's the number? What's the number one reason people get uh, started in racing?
1: The love of it. The the yeah, need the need for speed. Their parents watching it on TV.
2: Because it looks fun. Right. right? Hey, that looks fun. Well, look who's having fun when you go when you go to the racetrack yeah the fans are having fun they hooting and hollering having a good old time and stuff but but it don't matter if it's uh dirt track and friday saturday night racing or nascar cup series and stuff it's like the only team that's having fun is the winning team that means there's 39 (laughs) other other teams that are all so mad even if they drove an entertaining race put on a good show for the fans and stuff like that everybody the competition the money everything and even the track promoters and owners they all bitter that they ain't getting enough bucks in the seats and stuff we got to bring the fun back into racing and i i'm i'm committed to uh being a part of that movement
1: so so what what are the plans what what would you do if i said right now you know mason dixon here's a bunch of money what would you do to bring the fun back hey, to uh, the racetrack is, is
2: we partners now is we partners now johnny that sounds good <laughs> yeah
1: you spend my money right <laughs> 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 yeah but All
2: right, here's what i do because i mean you think i mean you probably know this answer more than me how many people are on a typical nascar team like when all the pit crews you got the behind the scenes over the wall fellers and all the people who show up on the team how many are there
1: easy 20 30
2: yeah yeah all right and everybody fits in. I mean, there's a couple, like, like uh, everybody knows uh, uh, Day and Chocolate Myers and stuff, some of the big uh, pit crew uh, heroes and stuff, but... but- there's there's 20 per team and that by 30 40 teams and stuff like that there's hundreds and hundreds of pit crew people and they all blended in they all getting lost and stuff my idea is to create the most talented and entertaining pit crew in the world kind of like the harlem globetrotters and racing man <laughs> they they draw some attention right there people be coming they
1: these guys will be celebrities all sorts of stuff it's gonna be good I like that. You know, when you're doing your comedy, who's your ideal audience for everybody listening that, that, you know, promoters, people that, that book comedians right now that, that are listening to the show, who's your ideal audience Oh, They'd be
2: the people that have that uh, money that they're going to spend at the merchandise booth. You know, I got a uh, Racing Mason Dixon die cast car. I got the Racing Mason Dixon pit pass. I got all sorts of good stuff. But, but, uh, yeah, that's a real good question there, Johnny. You know, because, uh, um, you know, people, I don't, people love the stereotype. They like to put you in a box and stuff. They just it, take one look at Racing Mason Dixon and go, oh, he's just one of them rednecks. He's like Larry the Cable Guy and stuff like that. It's like, like, no, it's not, like, like, I, I, I'm, I'm more you know there, there's a difference between just a, a redneck yahoo and a good old boy remember the first line of uh, Dukes of Hazzard it wasn't uh, uh, them just some redneck kids they was no just a good old boy and so I like the positive comedy that's bringing everybody together I don't do that political comedy stuff that's just tearing people apart separating us even more and further and stuff so it's like the comedy that I like doing is it's good fun it's like yeah it's, it's the, the back country the hill country all that but it's good old boys not 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 rednecks not politics and uh you know just uh, just uh, people that love to have fun and i think that's all what racing is all about right
1: i love that you want to bring people together not divide us i love that so let me ask you this there mason dixon what projects are you working on right now are you working on some new material not- like what you, what's the projects that you're working on now uh, uh, material, you think I'm a seamstress or something?
2: <laughs> Making our own uh, racing shirts. So, you talking uh, comedy projects or car projects?
1: Uh, both. What are you working on right now, oh. these days? Okay,
2: well, I, I, tell you, I tell you what the winter project is. Of course, I wish I had place to work on this indoor, but last fall, I was able to dig out of the forest a 1968 VW Beetle that's been buried in there for 30 years. Ain't got no floorboards left or nothing. And I was able to dig that Buffy out of there. I traded just, uh, I did a little bit of video work for some people, you know, because I've been on, uh, you know, Facebook Live for 500 episodes and learned a few things about doing Video and stuff. So, so anyway, I got this uh, VW Beetle. I haven't told people yet, but I'm gonna chop that thing on, turn it into a big motorcycle track. That's gonna be great. So that's that's the winter project, but I haven't gotten too far on it. On account of uh, uh, it's been cold and had ten inches of snow on it, and now it's covered in ice and all that. So, so that's that's the. <laughs> as a project see, i find out it's like yeah i ain't gonna pour money into a race car now that i have celebrity status uh people you know what i'm expecting i'm expecting the phone to ring and say hey we want race mason to come to come to our track and drive a car for us and stuff so i'm i'm gonna be driving other people's stuff and not pouring my money into that so i'm gonna build this uh, this track to go cruising that'll be fun but um yeah, I kind of alluded to uh, uh, last year. I went. I pretty much just got off the Facebook Live, and I went out to the tracks week after week, and I've, I'm looking for all these unique experiences. If you want to bring Race Mason Dixon to your track, say, hey, we got a night of destruction, we got a, a goofy race going on, or, or or something that you know, I don't want to uh make nobody mad if i tear your car up or whatever so enduros low budget races that's more comfortable for me i want to get on a lawnmower race uh yeah it's supposed to do ice racing but it done melted but uh, (laughs) that's what allowed me to get to daytona i was going to give up daytona for a chance to go ice racing a mini bike on ice or side by side and stuff but but anyway so i've been focusing on uh um uh, that that project, we in the editing phase now. We're going to get this stuff out this summer, so I'm I'm really excited about it.
1: Mason, how can people get a hold of you if they want to book you? They they want to look at your stuff. They want to watch your videos. I mean, I think it's incredible for for any artist to have over 500 shows is just amazing. How can people find you? Well, thank you.
2: Well, uh, if you want to check out any of them past episodes, that's on Facebook, and uh, it's uh, you can do that little at symbol at Racing Mason Dixon. That's R A C I N M A S O N D I X O N, and that works. Or like I'm most active, I'd say on on Facebook, but uh, you know I got that TikTok and that Twitter and stuff, but I haven't done too much with that. Um, so yeah, the Facebook thing, but I also got the email um, address, which is Racing Mason Dixon at Yahoo. .com and ain't no g in racing now it's Yahoo it yahoo.com and then i got that uh um uh, uh the website racingmason.com
1: so Mason Dixon you know not only you know are you a comedian race car driver but i love that you build instruments out of junk that's right he builds instruments out of junk. How did this ever come up? I mean, did you just see something in the trash one day or in a dumpster? Maybe you were doing some dumpster diving and and you're like, I'm (laughs) going to make an instrument out of this. I mean, how did this all come up? Now, as
2: for my mamma, my mamma had a place right there uh, down in Harlan County uh, uh, near Cumberland, there, the, near the Kingdom Come State Park, and that's right along the Appalachian Trail. And we'd play music out there, the whole family would be out there, and we did not have a lot of money for instruments or the talent, right? So uh, uh, we just started, you know, we have the one string diddly bow, you know, played out of cigar boxes. We have the wash, washboard, uh, uh, ba- the washboards and the wash tub bass, and, and all sorts of instruments and stuff so i just started i just love experimenting and and coming up with stuff that sounds good so uh yeah it's like i hope to one day be able to have a uh my own uh uh bluegrass band or jug band except i call it a junk band racing mason dixon and the junk band jamboree that'd be great so yeah <laughs> folks if you want a, a instrument i can
1: i can set you up real good well, let me. Well, I want you to set me up because I want something cool to hang in my man cave. So I'm going to. Uh, I don't know how much that stuff costs, but you know what? I I think I'm going to like pull my pennies together and have you build me something so I can put it in my man cave.
2: Well, yeah, let's see. You a cowboy? So I don't know. Do uh, uh, you need something you uh, play while you're riding on a horse, or uh, uh, you know? I don't. I don't. I don't know what. Uh, uh, are you a
1: motorcycle cowboy you got you got a, a bike no no i used to have a harley I used, oh. but uh, uh no man i okay. mean your instruments are really cool for those of you that uh uh just are curious now you have to go to his facebook page and check out some of his photos his instruments look amazing do you do you sell any of those or is that just for Once you in You and the band no
2: one know once in a while you know somebody say i want one of them and then i i say well you know it costs a lot of money to put this stuff together it does you know and it's like your time and i mean nitpicking it's not like you're following plans you just i mean like that one string diddly bow that's real fun you take a a a broom handle and you you put it through a cigar box and you i make them electric though you gotta you put some electric pickups in there and and uh get some broken instruments some tuners and different things i made this uh uh, stand up bass, four string, just like a uh, upright bass, like uh, them bluegrass bands use. And I made it. I I, I used a, a weed whacker line <laughs> <'Cause> them <laughs> them strings are so expensive. You could spend three thousand dollars on them on them uh, upright bass strings. I, I ain't gonna do. It. Hey, hey Johnny, you know the difference between uh, a fiddle and a violin? Huh. Well, uh, a violin, uh, a violinist uh, that he plays strings, and a fiddler, he plays the strings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How do you come up with, with new material for, for your gigs? You know, I, I, I love asking the, you know, this question because every artist comes up with their material in a different way.
2: Yeah, it's all around us. It's fun. Now, here I'll, I'll give you up and coming comedians a little, uh, a, a, a little taste, a, a, a little, uh, a, a little thing uh, technique. I guess that's the word I was looking for. Little technique I use. Um, you can you can look around you, and everybody has crazy stuff happening to them all the time. All you gotta do is is like take that story for your own. As long as you' telling the story in a different town or something like that, and, <laughs> and you could like say, "Oh, this happened to me one time." And- it really happened to your crazy cousin or whatever but but uh you could say you did it and people think you so funny i don't know i it just comes out naturally i just i, I you know if you haven't noticed i got the gift to gab i, I uh, you know i i talk like 100 miles an hour all the time and it, some stu- it stuff comes out like I don't even know where that came from it just came out you know <laughs> so uh sometimes that happens you know then them uh guys if you ever seen stand-up comedians it ain't easy work and these people that are trying to make it just being the road warrior going out to comedy club, comedy club night after night after night, you can go see them in one town three months later go see them in another town word for word they even have their vocal pauses down same place and stuff you go see them another three years later and about 75 percent of that is their same act they've been doing seven eight years ago and it's like i can't do that i that's that's you know i need more variety in my life that's why i just uh you know i, I got some of that stuff you know in my hip pocket i can use but it's like i love the, being spontaneous talking about what's in front of me what's going on it's
1: you know with that improv comedy is what they call that. Rayson Mason Dixon, what and who makes you laugh? You are out there making everybody laugh all the time, but who is it or what is it that makes you laugh?
2: Well, I tell you what, it's so funny being up here in the north and uh, you know, where I come from, it's like if did you ever hear that Charlie Barron's talk? He, he does that from Wisconsin, that manna to walk minute and stuff and he's like, Yeah, for yeah, yeah for sure. Well, I I can't do that voice but but it's so funny to hear him, and uh, he became a sensation during the the lockdowns and stuff because because uh, you know he had a comedy career, but nobody too much noticed him. But he was doing videos, and boom, took off. You know, and then there's you know you know Larry the Cable Guy and Jeff Foxworthy. They're they're like the forefathers, Redneck Comedy Tour, and all them. It's like I I I do appreciate that they they brought you know people who had these uh, uh, good old boy tendencies and stuff and they made it okay in society. It's like, Hey, that's like me, you know, some stuff you might be embarrassed about. <laughs> oh, we do something different back home, you know, but, but they made it cool. So you could be yourself and stuff. So yeah, Larry, the cable guy and Jeff Foxworthy, they paved the trail for us up and coming. But uh um yeah, that, that Charlie Barons, if you haven't seen him, B E R E N S. He's he's up and coming. Uh and you know, other I, other people make me laugh. There's that uh, um Zach Russian, he, he now that boy, he's crazy. He he gets <laughs> he just rants. He gets going and rants. He gets he gets kicked to he gets kicked out of comedy clubs himself and he's the fella they paid to go see, you know. So so Man, it's funny. It's kind of like George Carlin. You know, you go back and look at the Masters and stuff. George Carlin wasn't doing stand up comedy at the end of his career. He wasn't. He was just going up on stage and ranting about life in general. And he didn't care if he offended you or nothing. He was just calling it like he saw it and people are laughing at themselves it's like oh that's me and stuff so yeah there's so much out out there but you know you got to be careful not to uh watch too much of it and and like all of a sudden you you writing lines for them almost you know it's like that happens with songwriters they they writing songs for more successful people than them i say you got to be you you got to just do your thing most of the funny people out there are you know at your work at your home at your family reunions Stuff they just don't, nobody told them, hey, you should go do comedy, you know, so just steal their stuff because they ain't gonna ever use it.
1: Mason Dixon, what advice would you give an upcoming racer, pick crew member, or even comedian?
2: Well, that's a three part question, there, Johnny, so we got time to take it in three parts, absolutely. Okay. If you an up and coming racer in today's day and age, what well, you got to get really good at is video games. <laughs> they, <laughs> that's what they do. They 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 sitting on their simulators. It's like you know they don't even let you touch the car no more. If you use that, oh, I want to be a race car driver. Like remember that Alan Kulwicki? He was he was something man. He was an engineer from West Wisconsin and not a train engineer. He went to like them smart smarty pants schools and stuff, and he became an engineer when other NASCAR Car teams didn't have engineers he was working on his own race cars and stuff and that that is a dying breed you don't see that nowheres no more unless at the at the lower levels but yeah if you an up and coming racer you really want to be a racer and stuff here's my advice one yeah you gotta you gotta be fearless you gotta and well not there's no such thing as being fearless you gotta look fear in the face and laugh right and uh enjoy life but you gotta get really good i would recommend you go get yourself some sales training you know why Because racing's different than all them other sports. All them other sports, you say, oh, we'll get you a scholarship to uh, these colleges because you're a talented athlete. You can have all the talent driving a car in the world. You got to have money, friends, and and it might not be your money, but you got to get your own sponsors before they even start looking at you. You think that you know they the sponsors are just going to say, hey, we want to you know sponsor you. It's like you got to be you got to sell yourself. You got to represent. You got to be. Be a good up, uh, fine young citizen and uh and uh be good talking. You might want to take some comedy classes, improv classes, acting classes, whatever, just so you get good, comfortable. You're gonna have to be doing presentations in front of these people. Anyway, so if you're a race car driver, that's what you gotta do. Pick crew. Man, this is the hardest one. This is like like you want to face reality real quick, get a slap in the face. If you want to be one of them, them tire changers that jumps over the walls and, and changes tires and fuels up cars and jacks it up in just a few seconds— you know, you got to really look at yourself and say, can I physically do that? Are You have to be basically a a professional athlete, a college athlete. You compare yourself. Are you strong? Them tires are heavy, y'all. That equipment's heavy. You got to be, you got to be fast. You got to be strong. And if you ain't, you can still find a job in racing. You could work at the shop. You could, you could even work at the track. You could volunteer. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll check your tire pressures and, and glue, glue your lug nuts on and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, calling it like it is. I mean, you can get far. You could get probably all the way up to ARCA, not being a, a gazelle, right? But if you're going to think and you're going to make it in the trucks, Xfinity or Winston, or Winston Cup. I almost called that Winston Cup. The Cup Series. um um you got to be an athlete if you're going over the wall. But, you know, there, there's a place for you anywhere. You get real smart with computers, you be up on that pit box and analyzing stuff. There's also there's a place for you. And comedy, all right, this is what I got for you fellow comedians out there. Um, I, I'm going to give you the same advice they gave me when I was up and coming and stuff. They say any chance you get, uh, any time you get a chance to get on stage in front of an audience with a microphone or without a Microphone, you got to take it and just, I mean, look where you can perform. You can see your local pinewood derby your local fashion show monster truck show anything you get there and and even being uh on i feel so sorry for those on track announcers at them uh short tracks and stuff because they don't have the best sound systems they got these little speakers and stuff and, and as soon as they fire up them engines you can't hear what nothing they saying but hey <laughs> hey you know uh if you're sitting by a speaker you might have an audience of four or five that can hear what you're saying but anyway that's all good experience just like i did at, every single night night after night I at Rooster's Place, doing my Facebook live, and it was it didn't know what the guest was going to be doing or saying, and I had to kind of come up with funny stuff to keep it entertaining. But here's here's what I did: I just took every single opportunity. In fact, that's why this Sunday um uh, I'm going to be guest uh, preacher at the uh, uh, Grand Junction Community Church, and I i, I, I this is fun because I have my own sermon that I take around all the churches. It's called "If Jesus Drove a Stock Car." I got a whole sermon on that. But that's not all, because uh, you know people looking at their watches. They they want to get there, see before the green flag drops, right? They want to get out of church. But you got to keep it (laughs) riveting. So not only do I give a riveting sermon, but I bring I bring the whole deal. I got some gospel music too. I have a an accompanying song. uh, Wait, you sing Jesus Jobus. Oh, well, yeah, Mamaw's Porch Man, my mamaw, she taught us how to sing, play junk band instruments, everything. So, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, in fact, if you want to all rise and turn to page 43 in your hymnals, I could take you through a little bit of Jesus drove a stock car if you want. I would love that. Okay, are you standing? I am standing. Okay, all right. Don't disrespect us now, Johnny. All right, now. All right, here we go. (laughs) If Jesus drove a stock car, who would his sponsor be? We already had a stock car king who drove for STP. I doubt that he'd be Hooters or Devil's Spit Barbecue Sauce. it would probably be something good like American Red Cross. You get that? If Jesus drove a stock car, what number would he be? I can't imagine him driving the intimidators number three. Well, since he gives eternal life, if you let him be your guy, Guide. I think you should drive old number eight. Lay that number on its side. See, that'd be infinity, see. No, no, not Xfinity. They raced yesterday. In fact, I think it was Jesus that gave us the symbol for infinity. It's from that parable. Everlasting life is like a figure-eight slot car track. Them little buggers just go on forever. Bum, boom, if Jesus drove the stock car, who would his car owner be? H-M-S or J-G-R, my guess is G-O-D. Sitting in the grandstands of you is pretty great, but when Jesus needs new t- tires they pass around the collection plate but i already gave at <laughs> the service this morning <laughs> oh, oh all right give them hell jesus boom boom if jesus drove a sock car he never win a race he let everybody pass him showing his good grace he won't spin out a neighbor he never evokes fear but all the race fans love him turns their water into beer glory hallelujah amen <laughs> yeah, buddy.
1: i love that you need to record that that was Thanks. amazing well, since you
2: got a, a recording studio and you want some junk band instruments maybe get some of your buddies up together and we'll, we'll put together band and come i'll come over to your studio and uh, and we'll record that with a full junk band uh, that'd be good
1: that's awesome what is your most memorable moment in your career this far are you talking racing career or comedy career all of them it doesn't matter what is the most memorable well, moment so far in your career?
2: Well, I tell you what. When I was just a little kid, I was watching Dukes of Hazard every Friday night, and uh, I just loved them fellers and stuff. So when I started to, uh, um, you know, get on with the the with the episodes of the Racing mason dixon show and i was in i was interviewing whoever i could find i mean it wasn't always racing folks i mean once in a while we had race car people on there we had a feller teaching us how to play chess we had this librarian on there we did trivia and there's all sorts of stuff going on but when we hit them milestones like lap 300 400 500 and stuff i wanted to do something really special for my uh audience and stuff and for lap uh, was it lap 400 i think yep lap 400 i went and out and i got Corey eubanks he was the uh stunt man one of the stunt men on uh, dukes of hazard and man he's got this podcast called stunt stories it's real good you should get this into that and he's got these uh such amazing stories about that and then the very last like because what's the number on the side of the general lee can not you watch dukes of hazard do john yeah yeah
1: you just got, i just got stumped
2: It's the 01. 01. 01 Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 01. The orange 1969. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, Mason. (laughs) (laughs) You got me.
1: (laughs) That's funny.
2: So I couldn't just do one uh uh Dukes of Hazard show on lap four hundred. I ended up the very next night, got a second stunt man, Ted Barba, uh because that was lap four oh one. So back to back I had Dukes of Hazard stunt man, the guys that actually drove the General Lee and jumped the General Lee and got all banged up and broken bones and everything from jumping that thing. And man, that was just such a thrill. I was my heart was beating out of my chest with excitement interviewing those failures and stuff. But then That led to um, almost a year ago on lap five hundred, lap five hundred on April twenty third, twenty twenty two. I actually did my five hundredth episode at Bo's Extravaganza, John Schneider Studios in uh, um, down there in Louisiana, and uh, I was on stage in the barn remember remember when the dukes of hazards they, they they left and their cousins came it was coy and vance duke i had coy duke uh interviewed him on the show all these other celebrities it was so much fun man so just doing this show which started out i'm just going to be doing this from roosters then we took the show on the road and it's like man those are some some big thrills uh for my comedy career you know doing this doing the show and and i tell you what stick around we got a lot of good stuff coming up when i I release this new series
1: the video series coming out i'm so looking forward to that were you were you like the uh, class clown when you were oh, yeah. in high school oh, yeah. and junior high?
2: I, I think Harlan, Harlan County High, go Black Bears. I think they done graduated me just to get rid of me, actually. I was, <laughs> we had fun. But uh, man, if my teachers at the uh, Robert E. Lee Elementary Penitentiary could see me now, I tell you what, they'd be as proud as peach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so there is hope to all these kids out there right now getting in trouble for telling jokes and, and talking too hey, much in, you know, in, in school.
2: You ain't kidding. You know what? You know what you get when you're a B student. You get to work for the C students because they're them entrepreneurs that that had a, had to a create their future for them because they didn't just get handed to you. It's like they didn't have corporate recruiters coming after them C students. They went out and started started businesses. And now them A and B students are working for them C students. So uh, <laughs> just
1: be you. Just be you. Life's too that. short to yeah. Mason, you know, are you a guy that just runs around telling jokes all the time or are you quiet and serious when you're not on stage?
2: You know, it all depends. I, I do think that I do have, uh, uh, you know, most people would say that I'm an extrovert, you know, and, and uh, but you can't be this way all the time. You'd wear out. You'd run out of gas, right? So I think I do have a pretty good balance between introvert and extrovert, you know, because you got to uh, just kind of, and sometimes it's just sitting quietly and observing life around you, and there's all the good material. just keeps flooding in and, and stuff, and you just got to be a sponge. You got to remember that stuff or write it down or or whatever so uh, but if somebody's going to give me an underhand serve i'm going to take that you know if there's a story somebody's got somebody's telling a story and stuff and there's a joke there it's like i definitely going to take that opportunity
1: and tell it so. <laughs> what's your favorite track and what's one that you cannot wait to go to
2: well johnny i tell you what i got hooked up with an arca team last year now for those of you who don't know you got uh the three nascar levels the cup series xfinity and trucks and like one level beneath them is that at uh, ARCA, uh, A-R-C-A, and uh, there's ARCA uh, teams all over the country. There's ARCA West, ARCA East, and the main ARCA Menard Menard Series, and they own Fox. I mean, it's a big deal. They got million-dollar haulers and stuff, and there's some really fast cars, people that are going to text. Ty Gibbs was an ARCA champion two years ago. Now he's racing Cup, you know, so it's it's a stepping stone for sure. But you also got these low-budget teams that are building cars in their garages, and hauling them in these pickup truck haulers and stuff and and i hooked up with one of them club racing out of morris illinois and uh um man it it's uh it's just been a delight and i've I've lived some of the fantasies that I had as a little kid watching these uh, fellers go over the wall and stuff. So I've I've joined the pit crew and and I got to do some races last year. But the ultimate, I was at Bristol, baby. Not on the dirt, but uh, Bristol uh, night race. Man, that was that was something else. Uh, everyone there. I mean, I I'm, I assume you've been there hundreds of times. Oh but yeah. It's everybody is giddy in the infield. It's like all the race teams. They just looking up and they're just like, everybody's so excited to be there. That's that's really special. So, uh, you know, check that off the bucket list that uh, um, that you know, I, I've been to Bristol, got to be in the pits stuff, but uh, uh, we done we didn't even make it to the first pit stop. We didn't have a good year last year. so <laughs> I didn't get to do a pit stop at Bristol, but I was there, but we did get the car started after a long, hard day. Anyway, but then being at Daytona, oh, man, it's like, yeah, I was there. I was pinching myself, but uh, next year it's on the list of uh being down in the pits and on um, for that arca team the club racing the old oh three in arca. Um so that's gonna be something uh never really been um on a track bigger than a uh yeah I ain't never been Milwaukee Miles the biggest track I've I've actually been on. Well I did Michigan this year too. We was at Michigan International Speedway. I got to be in the pits there. But um that's a two mile, but I have never been to a mile and a half track, never been, uh, to a super speedway before this last weekend at Daytona. So, uh, I, and you know what? I could have done lap five hundred at Talladega. I could have. You landed on the same day as those Extravaganza. I'm glad I, I went to Bo's. but but I thought I would just get lost in the party at Talladega. Oh <laughs> boy! Like, there'd be nothing nothing special, you know, nothing <laughs> special about my lap five hundred. I'd just be one of the freaks out there. So,
1: Mason, but, w- uh, w- yeah, and. Yeah. When you are on the road and you are traveling, you know from place to place. You know everybody when when they're grinding, and you are on the road, and you you know you are constantly stopping at you know truck stops, gas stations to get fuel, but you are also fueling yourself. What is your gas station snack go to? What what's that one snack that every time you stop to fill up the bus or the car? What's that one snack that when you go in you get every single time?
2: Johnny, I wish I had money to do that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? You? Now... Yeah, I might be able to uh, afford one of them roller dogs, but you don't know how long they've been rolling, right? So I ain't
0: touching them <laughs> rolling dogs,
2: man. Be, you think that? Oh, you think being on the road, you can just go in and uh, you know buy them? Then prices is expensive, you know. I, that you know until you like say, say this, it's like you had you gotta earn your your uh, stripes right before you you really make it as a comedian, as a as a racer and stuff. When you sitting there in front of a Closed up bank eating eat, tailgate, and I was tailgating. The cop, they sent the cops out after me. They're like, they're like, they like. Uh, uh, it's not every day you see a, a, a trailer. I, okay, I tell you this. I had a hearse. It was my camper. I had a hearse, and it was painted <laughs> silver and purple, pulling a purple trailer. And I'm parked in North Dakota. Uh, hey, I mean, some of you might have seen me on that North Dakota radio. Um, I was I was sitting in um, I don't even remember the town name. It's small, small town in the middle of the state, and they sent the cops down after me because he says, it's not every day you see a hearse pulling a trailer uh, uh, in front of the bank, but the bank is closed because it's like Saturday night, nine o'clock or whatever. And I was out there tailgating, eating a salsa and lettuce sandwich. That's how bad (laughs) things
1: get. Hey, like before you take the stage, does music pump you up?
2: Oh, absolutely. So what kind of music uh, do you you listen to? You ever hear Grandpappy and the Doodle Daddy Dewgrass Band? (laughs) No,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> see, there's bluegrass. I like. I no disrespect to flatt and Scruggs. You know them fellas that sang the, the Beverly Hillbillies sang, theme song and stuff. That's what I got brought up on and stuff. But but uh, uh, yeah, I love bluegrass uh, music as long as it's got a pep in the step and stuff like that. But there's this fella, Grandpappy, and the Doodle that Dewgrass Band. I tell you what, you know, drinking pants, drinking pants, put on your drinking pants. They they got such uh, fun songs and stuff. I always listen to Grandpappy before I before you know go on stage or go
1: you know do a race hey favorite toppings on your pizza uh
2: whatever we catch
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you know
2: i like a, i like a lot of good meat and cheese and 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 stuff i, I like them hot peppers that you know that that to put a pep in your step
1: <laughs> mason dixon do you dream about racing i mean you do comedy about racing you're a race car driver i mean do you go to bed at night dreaming about racing
2: well there's different kind of dreaming. there's a, a dream in that yeah i'm gonna be able to get to the next race yeah i dream about that but as are you saying like in my sleep dreams you know and then having nightmares or or <laughs> fun dreams yeah. that i'm racing i i haven't i haven't had that i haven't had that happen but yeah dreaming about racing all the time just not at night
1: what's your favorite trophy have, have you hey have you gotten any trophies racing yes yes
2: i have <laughs> it was it, it might have just been last year my first ever racing trophy but i tell you what it meant a whole lot i got the pole position at uh, grundy county speedway for the spring fling enduro and uh you know how to give you pole position they don't have time to put 100 cars out there on uh, uh qualifying laps and stuff like that they do the the best uh best painted up car and then it was audience participation i had my buddies there they was loud and they screamed for me but yeah i did a, a Dale Earnhardt throwback uh, uh paint job cuz we had this yellow car out set up back and it looked bad it looked bad i said if i'm only to get in that thing we got to make it look better so we turned it into the old Wrangler uh Wrangler jeans but you know what when Dale was driving that Wrangler jeans uh yellow and black uh, yellow and blue car on number 3 um that was before Wrangler Jeeps even came out, right? Because uh, Wrangler Jeep Wrangler came out in nineteen eighty six. He was back in the Wrangler eighty two, eighty three, eighty four, and stuff. So I, what I did this is my sense of humor. Instead of Wrangler Jeans, I made it Wrangler Jeeps. I was hoping to get a sponsor from a, a Jeep place, but that didn't that didn't happen.
1: Hey, you know, you say you love music, you love racing. You've said it over and over again. I want to know what your first album or CD you ever owned was. Oh,
2: first album or CD. It was that, uh, remember that My Sharona by the Kinks? My was not too happy with me when I brought in the My Sharona. But that was the first, uh, that was on 45. Remember them 45s? Absolutely. Um, I, I I bought that. And uh, yeah, I went through different musical stages. She did, she wanted me to, you know, and I do still love bluegrass and stuff. But yeah, when, once I got old enough to go to the record store by myself and listen to that music that on the radio from them, you know, we could hardly get in when we was up in the hills, but you get to the big city, you turn on them radio and yeah, I, I had that Mascherone. I really liked that.
1: Favorite ice cream? Uh, free, uh, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, I ain't too picky. I ain't too picky with ice cream. If, if you, you put ice cream in front of me, I'll Hoover that up. Yeah.
1: I love that. So, Hey, just real quick, man, tell everybody how they can find you again online all right so
2: i got a website it's R a c i n m a s o n r-a-c-i-n-m-a-s-o-n.com on facebook it's at Racing mason dixon and uh, i haven't got the Racing mason dixon facebook uh group it's it's called the Racing mason dixon's pit crew and if you see that you can join that and uh we stay in touch and um yeah i ain't ain't doing too much with that uh tiktok or or twitter yet i you know i I have it but i I just it's so hard and then youtube i'm really trying to get my youtube channel up and going and stuff so uh you know just search for racing mason dixon on that so there's a lot of good interviews i've done and all sorts
1: of stuff before i let you go before i let you go is there one word to describe you
2: Amazing. Oh, no, no, because this is the outstanding (laughs) podcast. I'd say the one word is outstanding. Yeah, buddy. And, and, do I get a second word? Very. Absolutely. Humble Go ahead. <laughs> Very humble. Humble, humble, humble. <laughs> but outstanding and amazing nonetheless. Yeah, buddy. Hey. hey, you got to get you. You got to uh, have a healthy ego. If you try to say, oh, I, I, I don't have no ego and stuff like that. People are going to trample right over. You. you have to have a healthy ego, self-confidence,
1: but still be humble and blessed that you're in the situation you in. Absolutely. 100%. You know, uh, Rayson Mason Dixon, I cannot thank you enough for hanging out with us here on the Outstanding Life podcast. You know, uh, just, just with a couple 30 seconds left, is there anything that you want to say and let the people know before I let you go?
2: I am available for hire, y'all. You want me to entertain at your backyard barbecue? You want me to come to your racetrack? You want me to uh, just hang out on the boat with you? Uh, just, just, uh, hey, look me up. It's like uh, we can
1: work something out. Have you ever married anybody?
2: Oh, I ain't the settling down type. Uh-uh. No, nope. And, uh, you know, that... You know, but you know, hey, ladies, you can line up and keep trying. You know? no, and no, like, no, 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 no,
1: no. Not that them. have you got married? Have you ever married anybody? Oh, oh, <laughs>
2: well, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, I haven't. Why? Who would hire me to marry? them? are you look? Are you looking to get? Uh, no, get not at all. Money? But I'd, but, be, but I'd there, be happy. I I.
1: There might be somebody out there be. right now that wants something a little bit different, and you might be that that guy to marry somebody. So. Maybe. Well,
2: it, it just so happens I was I was uh, uh, I, I got to be a guest uh, a performer last year on the Grandpappy with the Grandpappy Band. I was playing at uh, uh, Washington Bass, and I was having just the time of my life doing a little tap dancing. And uh, we said, "Hey, is anybody getting married out there?" And there was these Harley people that were getting married, and they tried to hire us to be their band for their uh, backyard wedding, but that didn't happen. That's about as close as I've gotten. You know, <laughs> almost got hired to be an entertainer at a wedding, but no, but yeah, if you want me to marry you at a racetrack, that'd be real good. I'd get that online certificate or, you know, because that's easier than going through eight years of seminary.
1: (laughs) Well, again, that was racing Mason Dixon. I'm Johnny D. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Motivational Cowboy. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling you, be safe, have fun, and have an outstanding day. We'll see you next time on the Outstanding Life Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit motivationalcowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day.
1: Hey, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Are you planning a conference, convention, meeting, assembly, or any live event that needs a guest speaker? I would love to be a part of it. For more information, visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And don't forget to check out my Outstanding Life podcast every Sunday here on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT, 103.1 FM, and KBFS, 1450 AM. Have an outstanding day.